we are back. Back as a podcast. How you doing, Mana? How you doing, Sean? Pretty good. Pretty excited. Get to be on campus a lot. I would say four days a week. So that's pretty nice. I think I actually saw you too. I mean, I think that was the first time that I saw you, but you didn't see me. So I don't know if that actually counted, but yeah. Was he wearing a, was he wearing a mask? <laughs> Yeah, he was wearing a mask Good. and he had his entire class. They all came into the writing center. And I was like, that person looks very familiar. <laughs> and I was like, I think I know it, but I was working at the math learning center. So I couldn't just like be like, hey, it's well, me. You should, have. you should have. It's so quiet in the library right now. It would have benefited from some, hey. <laughs> Can you imagine like a few people that were studying and then I would just, just like screaming over them like, hey. <laughs> so, so we're back season three. We are excited for a new season looking at lots of different topics. Uh, ethnic studies is coming up pretty soon. It's an important thing happening all across the state. So we want to grapple with that conversation. We might try to talk about spring break. Maybe ungrading is on the docket. Yeah, uh, the yeah. transitions program. And yeah, we, we got a lot of things lined up and we're back, but there's a caveat there, kind of, right? And um, the three of us are on campus quite a bit during the week. But um, as, as Mana said, it's pretty lonely on campus still. There's not, you know, it's few and far between as far as the, the crowds on campus. You'll see a class here and there, but um, yeah, I'm doing the high flex thing. Curry's teaching a class on ground, Mana's taking classes on ground. And just with that, and before we get into hearing some of the experiences so far of faculty and our classified professionals that we got to interview for our first episode of Being Back, Kinda. Mm -hmm. uh, Mana, what, what, what's an experience that you've had so far that really makes you excited to be back? Maybe something that you just couldn't replicate in this online reality we've been living in. I think the fact that you get to be with people and you get to actually physically see them and spend time with them is something that you can never replicate. Yes, you can kind of set up a Zoom meeting and just sit with them and do your thing and still um, communicate and spend time with it. But I feel like just knowing that you're not alone in that space and you have people around you is something that I really appreciate, which I think I've been missing this past year. So I truly, truly appreciate it. And the fact that I'm on campus like four days, it's just like, uh, it kind of recharges me for the next three days and then I get to go back. So that's really nice. Nice. How about something that's making you think like, this is why we're not totally back yet. I mean, anything you're going through right now or that's happened that just reminds you of the reality of the moment. You know, I think when I spend my time on campus, you kind of think, well, everything seems to be great and everything is nice. Um, people are wearing their masks and everyone's being, how can I say this? They're being caring and they're thinking about other people. So they're not putting themselves and others around them at risk but that's not the reality you know campus is not at camp you know campus is just a campus so people that are on campus are actually doing whatever they should be doing but that's not the reality in like Oceanside or in San Diego County so when you go outside people are not wearing their masks all the time yes it's not a mandate anymore but still the the number of cases are still high and people are still at a high risk of getting the virus. So it's just that knowing that and seeing that outside of school kind of makes you realize, hey, we still can't fully go back on campus and be in person because a lot of people still aren't vaccinated and aren't just doing what they're supposed to be doing to protect themselves and their communities and people who are around them. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I feel like, you know, being in class and just walking around the classroom and visiting on small groups and being able to interact with people in that way has just been a huge highlight for me. And at the same time, we're back kind of because it's weird. And it, it, you know, the campus is mostly empty. It doesn't feel like an alive space as, as it usually does in years past. Um, but I do feel like, and Curry and I have talked about this a little bit, it does feel like a nice kind of segue or in-between time and a way for us to kind of dip our toes into doing this again before we all come back and, and there is a more populated campus and more vibrant and alive campus uh, culture and life. But uh, 
yeah, so it does definitely feel weird how empty it is, but at the same time, it feels good to be back in the capacity that we can and that we safely can. Yeah, it makes me think too of something I've heard raised on this po- podcast before as we're talking about being remote and stuff, and it's that our cla- we're really privileged to be in a classroom space, right? For lots of reasons that we have the time, we have the resources that we're employed to be in this space. And so being on campus is kind of like, you know, it's a, it's a refuge to an extent. Now, not to say that for everyone, it is an entirely safe space and that there aren't, you know, lots of problems and or risks that we're taking by being on campus. But, but, but Mana, like what you're saying, it's, you know, it, it is a bit of a bubble, you know, compared to what's going on elsewhere. So, in this episode, instead of having our normal discussion with folks that come on and we hash things out, what we did was we went around campus and did interviews. So we kind of barged into folks' office. Uh, uh, we barged into the cafeteria. We barged into Zooms. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to hear from students. You're going to hear from staff. You're going to hear from faculty. Their experience is what's going on, what's, what's making them really happy to be on campus, what are the good reasons? And then what are these sort of realities that we're still dealing with? Can't wait. Hi, my name is Kimari Mikes. I am a recent graduate from Maricosta Community College. I'm also working at the counseling department as a campus A3, also known as an assistant for the counseling department. Um, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So what's uh, an experience you've had these first couple of weeks that is just making you feel like this is why we need to be back. This is why stuff is good. Uh, the community building and actually talking to people like I miss the interactions of saying hi to strangers without feeling weird about it. <laughs> and, you know, although I hate small talk, I'm craving small talk more and more every day. So just seeing people um, going through the same experiences that I have through the last year and a half, yeah. um, it's a, nice. As a former student, you're able to connect? With, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely able to connect with their students because they're asking me about my experience as a transfer. Uh-huh. Um, what's it like going to Dominguez Hills during COVID and all that good stuff. Awesome, that's great, that's mm-hmm. great. And you're, I, we're sitting at a booth right now in front of um, in front of the counseling center with big signs that say, "If you want help, come here." Mm-hmm. How's the turnout been? Uh, the turnout's been pretty steady. Um, the first couple of weeks, everyone's rushing to decide. You know what? This is the year I go to back to school. Yeah. Um, after taking a year off or taking several years off. Yeah. Um, it's been nice seeing a lot of uh, different people from different backgrounds choosing higher education. Cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And then so what's what's an experience you've had these first couple of weeks where you're like, yeah, this is why we're not all the way back yet? Um, that's a hard question. Okay. I would say probably the weariness of the mandated um, COVID vaccines that we have to do. Sure. Um, and then for those who aren't sure about the vaccine and have done the research or still iffy about it, they're hesitant to come back. And then those who um, don't have a medical reason or a religious reason, that's also a, a hesitation, which is a bummer, but yeah. It's yeah. just sort of just, it's, there's this difference now between one person and another mm-hmm. that wasn't there before. Yeah. It's, yeah it's... So I think that's just the, this is why we're not at full capacity, but hopefully spring semester things change. Yeah, awesome, cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. My name is Valerie and um, I work in admissions, but an aspect that I really appreciate about being back on campus is that we're able to assist students um, that need help with technology as far as um, registering into their classes or completing forms. Some students just um, need a little more assistance than others with navigating browsers and opening tabs and knowing where to click. And so being here in person and helping students with those um, processes is super helpful because it's hard to explain over the phone especially since we don't we don't have zoom sessions Mm -hmm. like counseling so we can't see their screen so it's super helpful to be back on campus for that reason that's awesome right and how about you Uh, 
Hi, my name is Brenda and I work for counseling department. And for us, being able to interact with students, making their appointments is all that's great about it because we get to answer questions, explain plan A, plan B, plan C to them. Uh, we're the front staff, so we're we're like behind the scenes of everything else going on. We help with the counselors as well as the students come to us for any other information around campus too. Yeah. And it's just like we're helping them go to admissions and records or financial aid or where where in the library can they go to study? Like we're we're that basis kind of foundation of branching out everywhere else. Yeah. And so we know a little bit of each department to try and help students out that way. And yeah. I know for one fact students love to come back because they get to interact with actual people yeah. in their classes get to see their professor yeah. in person yeah. and get to talk to them and it's just like a better it's like the college experience that it's everybody like yeah exactly the college <laughs> yeah. experience that everybody strives for totally. to have yeah. yeah so that's probably <laughs> yeah. one of the best things coming back and there's just something about uh, my my first week and second week here too you see that student walking and stop and look at a phone and walk the other way, stop, and you know that they like are looking for something and you go ask them, hey, can I help you find? Mm-hmm. And you can walk with them. Yes, exactly. Taking that extra mile is yeah. what makes it better too because you're like, you can guide them, you can yeah. put point at the direction, but yeah. being a new student, you're just like, where? Yeah. And then you, you take them and they're like, thank you so much. Like you, you help them out that same day. Totally, yeah. yeah. And it's just the smiles and the eyeballs and the, you know, like that's, yeah, that's good yeah. stuff. Um, as far as, I honestly can't think of any negatives about being on campus. Obviously, we're still conscious about COVID protocols. Yes. But I, as far as, you know, like business processes, I don't feel like there's anything necessarily bad about coming on campus. Yeah. I do really like um, how a lot of our offices are going hybrid. So in person and working remotely from assisting students online. Yeah. I think that's another great aspect about cool. being on campus, but I couldn't say something that's negative about. Yeah. Well, I'm, we're in the cafeteria and there's hardly anybody in here and you folks were eating and I'm in a mask and you're not and I totally interrupted you. So maybe this is a negative. I mean, we, we're having a good conversation. Okay, yes. good. That's good. That's good. And the, the respectful manner is that you have your mask on, you know, so that's that's one of the respect. It's just like that yeah. boundary of respect when sure. people should oblige to. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I like the way you, that you frame it that way. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I think that's true. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Uh, hi, I'm Jackson Cord. Uh, I'm a student here at Maricosta. Uh, one experience that I think makes going back in person more worth it would be just getting to like have more human interaction. Right. And we're in the cafeteria, by the way, and I've totally interrupted your conversation. So your friend is. Oh. Hi, I'm Tatiana Wilson. Uh, I'm a music major. Awesome. Um, I go here at Maricosta cool. College. Yeah. One thing that I feel like is kind of like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't come back, is probably the amount of people that don't get vaccinated. Yeah. And they say these absurd things about just like, oh, there's a chip in you, they'll put a chip, and for one, it's not possible. Two, we already have phones, and they're already tracking you with their phones. Totally. I don't understand why you're concerned about a chip in your body. You're carrying one in your pocket. Yeah, exactly. and it's just like, yeah, the odds of dying are from like a vaccine or they're there, but it's a lot less than when you're not vaccinated. Sure. And I've lost some people due to COVID uh, and it's just like, yeah. yeah, please get vaccinated. It may not 100% work, but it's there and it's, we're trying. Sure. So, but yeah. Yeah, I, yeah similar vein is that just people not being like vaccinated like I met up with a friend to study and then like halfway through studying they were like oh by the way I'm not vaccinated and that was just a bit frustrating because I feel like people who aren't vaccinated don't get quite why it's a big deal and if there are enough people who go on campus who aren't vaccinated then there could be like a big outbreak and then that can like cause people who are vaccinated to get sick even if it's not as bad if you are vaccinated I still just don't want to get it yeah so yeah I'd say just concerns over yeah people not being vaccinated sure yeah how is it just in the classroom with other musicians and or other historians like like are you still finding you can still get into groups and you can still jam together and that kind of stuff um 
For me, it's really, it was, especially the first semester, it was really hard because I have this social anxiety, so it's really hard for me to talk to people at first. Like what's happening right now? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm a little nervous, um, and I think, honestly, if we were back on campus, seeing people in person is a lot better because I get their, I can get their vibe right away because yeah. they don't have this thing where they can turn their camera off or sure. I can't see them or yeah. they can mute, like... They're there. There's nothing stopping them from me seeing them, me hearing them. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why we should get back on campus or no, something. No, that's so true. That's a good um, point. It's a really good point. Yeah. Uh, I'm still doing all online classes because when I signed up for them back in June, I was nervous there was going to be another wave and they yeah. would all just go back to Zoom. Got it. Uh, but yeah, I definitely prefer in person because sort of like that where like they can't just turn off their camera also you can just like have more human conversations without like since the teacher can like always monitor you when you're on a zoom call like you're always kind of like well i don't want to talk about anything that's not like right about the class or that's like you know off topic because i'm scared i'll get like docked for participation um so but in person you can kind of be like oh hey how's your day did you see so and so doing this you know Um, So just, like, the smaller little, like, interactions that you kind of miss when you're online, you know? Yeah, that social aspect of learning, right? That social aspect of learning is we're losing it, right? Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, My name's Liliana, and this is my second year at Maricosta, and I'm happy to be back on campus because it helps me focus more in my classes. And it's been a little hard because it's my second year, so I don't really know what the campus looks like, but it's nice getting able to be getting back to use that. Cool. Yeah, and I've totally interrupted you, and we're sitting outside in a courtyard in the sun, and your class is what? It's about to start? Oh, yeah, in a few minutes. Cool. What class is it? Uh, economics. Economics, nice. And in the classroom so far, has that been a, just a, like a positive experience, being with humans better than the I Zooms? Like yeah? It's really nice, because it's harder to focus on online and asynchronous classes versus yeah. in-person classes, because it's easier like, to see what the professor is doing, because a lot of professors gesture while they're talking. Cool. So it's easier to see that. Nice. Okay. Right. Hi, my name is Rio. Um, I'm a student here at Miracosta. Cool. Yeah. So what has been an experience uh, in these first couple of weeks that convinces you, like, this is why we need to be back on campus? This is a good thing that we're back. Yeah, I would say definitely just, like, the social interaction that we have with other students. Um, I think that's something that we've all been lacking throughout um, 2020 um, in the first half of the year. So... I think that that's been the most beneficial to be able to like create relationships amongst people that are like-minded and on the same path as you, um, as well as people from all different age groups, because we don't always have that exposure. Yeah, um, and I, I've, I'm interrupting you, working on your laptop, you're sitting under an umbrella on a really nice sunny day in a courtyard. Are those social interactions happening in spaces like this, or have they been happening in classrooms? I would say or? like more within classrooms, yeah? definitely, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. just kind of in between lesson and just yeah. sort of as it happens to yeah. person sitting close to you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. And then, so what is something, uh, an experience that just is sort of the reality of the moment, like why we're not totally back yet? Um, I think within this last year, it's really exposed a lot of like division socially amongst people. And I think that sometimes when those topics get brought up, which I think it's important to discuss those topics because they're generally looked at as taboo. And I think that when you're in college, there shouldn't be any taboo topics because what's historically been taboo has been, you know, used against like marginalized groups. Um, but other than that, I think sometimes like when you realize that somebody's not like kind of on the same path or like, I don't, I kind of want to say like a wavelength as you, it can kind of get awkward. Sure. Um, in terms of like, just like what's happening politically and what's happening within like public health and everything like that. So I think that's been the most like uncomfortable, um, and exposing factor of like, learning that somebody might not fully be vaccinated and them telling you about their weekend, about how they went to this crazy concert that had like thousands, millions, <laughs> hundreds of people. And then you're like, oh my God, I've just been talking to you. And yeah. it can be scary. Um, and that's not just happening with students, but it, it's happening everywhere. You know, you go out and totally. meet people. So, yeah. 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 Generally, are you finding, and, I, and not to ask for specifics, but are you finding in your classes that despite that there's still like group work happening and collaboration happening or is it does it do you get a sense of just tension no i i don't think that like a lot of people let let that be and if there is group work i think that's usually like prompted by professors i don't think that a lot of 
just in my opinion and my experience, I don't think a lot of people like enjoy work group work. No, no, no. students saying, can we please be in groups now? Yeah, yeah, definitely not. <laughs> uh, I mean, they enjoy like the interaction, social interactions, yeah. but not, yes. not like the actual like yeah. um, collective work Co- together. At least totally. I don't. Right. That might be pre-COVID too. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. Especially after COVID. Awesome. Yeah. Well, this was great. Thank yeah. you. All right. We are in Annie Noe's office uh, uh, on campus, the 4800 building. Uh, her office has board games and I see some ibuprofen. Um. <laughs> That's a necessity. Yeah, yeah we're, it's also Christina Sharp's office and Christina Sharp has been on the podcast as well. And I see here that there's a lot more um, clutter on her end. But then there's there's also this very interesting pink chair that doesn't look like you can actually sit in it. Or if you did, you might um, have some back issues. But it's very, fl- it's fluffy and, but angular. <laughs> it, it looks welcoming, but not at the same time, right? True. I mean, that's kind True. of a... Who sits in that, Annie? Students. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm wow, just kidding. that feels like a professor power play, like looking down at the student in an uncomfortable chair. Yeah, exactly. There's like a psychological thing going on. Yeah, right? you sit there. <laughs> uh, so, Annie, we're going around asking folks just about... Good experiences we're having that remind us why being on campus, being in a physical space with each other is a good thing and, and something we're heading back towards. We're also asking about just stuff we're dealing with that represents the reality of the moment and kind of why we're not quite back all the way yet. And I know you're, you are teaching on campus, kind of, sort of, not. And so can you give, uh, uh, let us know kind of what, what you're teaching, what you're anticipating, and how, how things are going so far? Sure. So um, Christine and I teach a business 289 class called career mentoring. And so students um, have the option of coming to two of the class sessions on campus, although um, the class sessions can be delivered fully via Zoom. And so that's, I guess, a high flex. Cool. And um, in those on ground opportunities, that's where uh, we'll help them meet potential mentors and match them up with someone from industry uh, that they're interested in their career. So we've got students that are interested in accounting, business, um, film, Mm -hmm. and we're trying to provide them with um, additional support uh, that they might not necessarily have found on their own. And uh, one of the exciting things about that is just to be able to see the interaction between students and potential mentors. It's usually a really exciting experience because uh, we do it like a speed dating and they kind of rotate so they get to meet everybody. Yeah. And the nice thing is in the 4800 building, we do have the Bertosi courtyard. So we'll do it outside yeah. <laughs> and it'll be in a safe space, nice. safe uh, following, you know, masking and social distancing. Yeah. Um, but because it is a high flex, uh, we plan on having iPads and laptops for those students that are doing it from home and the mentors that are doing it from, you know, wherever. And they'll just rotate in front of a device instead of a person. Sure. If that's the way we need to do it. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, yeah. Is this a class you've taught before, like before COVID? Yes. So we were off, we had offered it for about a year before COVID. And then um, in the spring when COVID hit, we transitioned it to Zoom. So those students had met their mentors in person. Yeah. And then the second half of the semester, they were still interacting with their mentors just um, like over the virtual Zoom and things like that. So, Got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do, are you finding that, that that's just working, like the, the, like a hybrid modality for that kind of class, like maybe that's going to be the future? Or are there things about being in that courtyard that are happening that just aren't happening in Zoom or in other kind of asynchronous spaces? I think um, by having it in person, you'll get that energy level and the excitement just like at a any event, uh, a networking event where you can kind of feel the vibe. It's a little bit hard to recreate on Zoom. Yeah. Because even if we were doing it fully on Zoom and introducing people, we would be doing it through breakout rooms. And that can be a little bit clunky sometimes, the rotating through. But you, you don't see that same excitement or you don't see all the traffic and movement through breakout rooms sure. like you would in person. Yeah. Um, but it also, I think in person, um, even though it's structured, that once the meeting ends, the students and mentors tend to stay back and still talk and hang out. And there's more organic conversations outside of the structure that at the end of a Zoom meeting, we could leave it open, but most times people kind of just yeah. exit the, the meeting event. Right. So 
Yeah, we wave awkwardly at the camera. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and kind of just thinking about your discipline too. Can you can you just very briefly maybe even talk about what what is the importance of being in person for your discipline specifically? So for the business discipline, but also like what I have been reading about companies who are concerned about on ground versus virtual teams and groups, is that new employees coming in in any field will miss out on the opportunities for apprenticeship yeah. and organizational culture and team building that occurs in person. Yeah. And, and companies are worried because those are the things that help retain good talent yeah. as well as lets them see the full capacity of their employees. Yeah. And you miss some of that when it's completely virtual. Right. That's not to say virtual is impossible, um, but like for instance, in my career, when I was working on teams um, nationally and globally, that was done all virtually, but we recognized how much work and productivity could get done in person and just the camaraderie. So we would still plan for um, important meetings centrally located in certain cities at least once every couple of months so that we could reconnect and make the decisions together. And so in business, there's a lot of decision-making going on. It can't be done in a vacuum because a decision made in one department affects multiple departments. So whether it's in a, uh, one building or in multiple cities, meeting and working together in person is still relevant yeah. um, in this discipline. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And just with all the other disciplines, it, it's, it doesn't start on day one of your job, right? It starts with the experiences that you're providing for students with these mentors and these internship programs. And so what are some of the challenges that remind us that we're not, we're not ready maybe to be fully back or that we still have to be very accommodating and flexible with the way that we deliver our classes? So with the way the process is set up to bring students on campus, um, I know it's for safety purposes and it is, it's quite strict. Yeah. But if a student suddenly got sick, then they have lost their spot in the class. If it's right around the wrong time to get sick. Right, right, <laughs> right? yeah. If they get sick during um, the drop period versus after the drop period, like yeah. they can just miss a class and return when they feel better. Yeah. But if they, uh, they get sick slash haven't finished their um, vaccination process, then um, they'll miss out. They're out, yeah. Um, so it's unfortunate, and it has happened to a couple students, uh, including in the class, uh, the 289 class. Mm. Uh, but we were able to work through it. Um, the care team has been great, very communicative, and addressed it and fixed it. So the student didn't lose her spot. Cool. Um, because she agreed to just do it fully Zoom. She won't come to campus. Um, but it's it's just that administration reminds us that it's still um, the the pandemic is still ongoing yeah. and the virus is still around, and we have to adapt to it. Yeah. Well, thank you, Annie. Thank you for letting us barge into your office. I think before we leave, you should try to sit in that chair. Okay, I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to give one more shout-out to Annie, because Annie actually was on our first podcast episode I know, that's ever. true. The syllabus, <laughs> episode one. It's still, like, our best episode. That yeah. was a fun group. That was a fun group. That was a fun group. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, here goes Sean, sitting in the pink chair. What do you think? Oh, oh, oh. it goes all the way to the floor. It's not hooked on. Oh, oh, it's not set up. You're supposed to hook that part on. Man. Oh, that's why it looks so uncomfortable. It is. And it is uncomfortable. It, it is very uncomfortable. Should we take a picture for the audience? I think we should. We will do that. Show notes. Yeah, yeah we okay. just do that. Perfect. All right. So we're sort of in Zooms right now. Uh, Sean and I are in my office on campus, but we're hanging out with Sarah Cassetti who is at home. <laughs> Today I am, yes. Yes. Behind you, you have two cool pictures as uh, a goat and uh, it looks like a, 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 Maybe a dog. puppy dog. Yeah. Um, one of these, that one, the goat, um, yeah. my partner did. She's an artist. And then the other one is a piece that she bought from 
an artist who lives in San Francisco. So that's awesome. Yes. And also you have like two identical lamps behind you, I think. And it's like They're almost like identical. Oh, yeah. I thought it was like, you know, between two ferns, Sarah's between two lamps. Right. Yep. Here I am between two lamps. Yes. Two vintage lamps. This is your podcast show now. <laughs> So, but you are also on campus because that's where I connected with you a week ago when I was running around the library trying to get interviews. How's that going? How are your campus experiences going um, and what's been good about them? Well, you know, so the library staff, I think I can speak for everybody when I say that it is definitely a positive experience to see students again. We aren't seeing that many students again yet. It's still, I think I'm a little surprised at how quiet it continues to be yet, you know, simultaneously not because I know the overwhelming majority of our classes are still online at this point. But yeah, it's really good. It's good because I know that the students that are there really need access to the library. We, we are getting a lot of study room usage. So I think students really want to be able to work in a space where they feel comfortable with another student and work together. I think that kind of like in-person collaboration is something that they seem to have missed given how busy the study rooms have been. We aren't seeing, you know, very much use of the physical resources yet at this point. And maybe that's a comment on how people's reliance on those have weaned at least temporarily. So yeah, that's, I, I think that's kind of, you know, where we are at this point. So with that, have you, do you, you know, bring us into the library a little bit and have you had a specific maybe student interaction or witness something that students are doing that kind of gives you that, that feeling of like, oh, that feels good to see that again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, I, I, I think, let me back up for a bit and say like for a long time, the, the main business that the library has been involved in during, during the pandemic has been lending technology, you know, being open now allows us much greater flexibility in terms of students coming in and picking up that stuff. We we were shipping things out via FedEx. Unfortunately, um, people have to be home to sign for the packages. And so, you know, a lot of us were home all the time. Some of us are going to school and are essential workers. So, you know, we just, we were de- dealing with different students level of availability. Um, we just have seen so many technology requests this this semester in particular. Um, it's just really, really, you know, increased significantly, so much so that we ran out of hotspots to lend. Wow. Um, and we purchased a couple hundred more laptops, and those are going to be coming in soon, and we're going to be getting in some more hotspots as well. But, you know, I think students having that kind of flexibility has been good, and I just get you know, expressions of appreciation when they come in, how much, you know, having access to the hotspots or the laptops is really, it's been really priceless for them. I've heard from a number of homeless students. So, you know, the need for a Wi-Fi hotspot is is obvious if you have housing insecurity. And, you know, I say homeless because they have self-identified as homeless. Right. Um, and yeah, so, that's obviously crucial. Um, we we are, you know, also. So and yeah, I, I would say students are so forthcoming with their expressions of appreciation to us. So um, and when they're in the library, you know, it's nice. It's obviously it's great to get that over email. And I've had phone conversations with students as well. So it's nice to, you know, encounter students in passing and, but, you know, we have had a couple of conversations with students who've come up to check something out and, you know, oh yeah, that's a great book. And have you, you know, heard of their, have you read this or, you know, that's the kind of thing that, you know, we like to do in libraries. Yeah. Yeah, I I just, in class today, I just spent my break talking with a student about Borderlands 3, a video game we both like. And uh-huh. I had that kind of conversation with the students online for a long time. You know, it's just when it's just email, like you said, you just don't have space for that kind of stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And those conversations don't, you know, unfortunately don't evolve organically over email, yeah. um, <laughs> sometimes over Zoom. But I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. Thank you so much, Sarah. This was great. It's great yeah. to connect with you and, yeah. and also to hear about the things 
that are happening in the library, and especially, you know, not just from that faculty perspective, because, you know, that's a lot of what our podcast focuses on, but sure. to hear the, the uh, you know, the classified professional perspective and yeah. the, the student contact that you're making and the things that you're seeing, you know, really alert us to probably some blind spots that we wouldn't have as instructors and in other, other faculty categories. So yeah. thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for involving me. So, Sean, you're in a classroom. You just finished teaching a math class. And Sean Davis, you mentioned there's a complicated problem behind Sean. So what yeah. is going on? <laughs> I saw that in the background. And yes, yeah, so we have two Sean's on. So, um, yeah, this Sean is not teaching a math class at all. <laughs> I'm looking at that. I'm looking at what's on the whiteboard for Sean Feruzian. And I'm, I'm like, that is not a language I understand, Sean. So actually what you see here, for instance, is, is, a, is a fraction of weights and weeks in intermediate algebra. One of the, uh, this actually is based on the real life data. Some, when we look at someone's, uh, some women join a diet program and uh, we look at the data of their weight and uh, the amount of time they took on a treadmill. Yeah. But what is interesting with this person, after the five weeks, the treadmill time goes up. So the class were hypothesizing maybe this person had a birthday party, so they went off the diet and <laughs> changed a little bit. And similar patterns happens with the weight. So we hypothesize maybe with the weight, maybe after the four weeks, the person went through some plastic surgery, so the weight all of a sudden dropped. Oh, but <laughs> like this is so this is not only a student's. Um, look at the real life examples, but at the same time, we give them a chance to be creative and, yeah. and uh, give a story to the graph. Yeah. And um, doing this back when we were online, we are Zoom is very difficult uh -huh. because you don't have, you do have, we do have breakout rooms. We can divide them into groups and once in a while spy into their breakout rooms and listen to their conversation. Yeah. But we miss the interaction they do with the content. We miss seeing what they're writing in the paper. We miss the convert the side conversation they have yeah and that's only possible when when you're back to back in, in yeah. a classroom setting you divide them into groups they go on the whiteboards you 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 would pull yourself outside the frame of their group and listen to this conversation they have and yeah. see how much rich content they have how much they're off the topic uh, and the body language the facial expressions yes. the the gesture students use are phenomenal i mean you know those are so rich in information that you don't have it in uh, Zoom. I mean, in Zoom, you can't force them to turn on their video. So if they are going through anxiety, if they are turning red or blue or yellow, looking at the math <laughs> problem, you don't know it, you don't see it. Yeah. But in the class, all you need to do is just look and you yeah. can very much yeah. assess if they're they're grasping this, they're getting this. Yeah. And you can, do, you can do the formative assessment, you can do instant assessment mm. versus in, when you're in breakout rooms, you have to go to the breakout rooms, first listen to the conversation, if they're on the track, then ask them, can you share your screen? And so, you know, there's a lot involved yeah. in a breakout room versus here, you walk around, you just listen to the conversation, ask them one question, and you see where they're doing, how they're doing with that. That, that, that. That's a part that I really missed when we were via Zoom. I mean, you know, breakout rooms are wonderful, but you don't see the work they're doing in the paper. Unless you ask them, please show your work on the camera. Yes. <laughs> How often are we going to do that? We, we may be recording this session on Zoom right now, right? But I'm reading yeah. your body language and yeah. it is pretty clear that you're happy to be in that classroom. And yes. I'm happy to see a stellar teacher like you um, back in that classroom with that um, gibberish in the background that you call <laughs> whatever you call that. You know, the, the beauty of math, this symbol delta, yes. you know how much you letter we say with that symbol? Almost mm -hmm. 15. Mm. So instead of searching the change in the time of the treadmill, we just put delta. Yeah. That's the beauty of math. You know how much energy math saves? Yeah. <laughs> All those symbols that we put, they save many, many calories of energy. There's a purpose. <laughs> you know what? I have no doubt that math is beautiful. My eyes are ugly. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so so wait 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 so um in your are you teaching a zoom like this same class right now in zoom so typically every class i do have a zoom session um set up so that people like today i had 
when a student joined to your Zoom because her car broke down and she wanted to participate in the class. Yeah. So, so you know, I have a camera which I set it up on the whiteboard, and then with the projector, I project the uh, things we discuss, and you'll be discussing in the class. Yeah. So, and you do that. Um, I understand that's not maybe a typical practice, but I do that because this is a special time. Yeah. I really don't want people to miss the class because if they are thinking they might have, they might be tested positive or COVID. So. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. In these first few weeks that you have now been in person with students. Do you have some other experiences to share with us? So there's a lot of learning happening, but this on-ground experience can, I think, really much, very much go hand-to-hand -hand with the online. We can practice things face-to-face, uh, -face, and then you look, okay, how can we translate this into Zoom, or how can we translate this to a synchronous class? Right. Um, um, I think that's a wonderful thing, because they go hand-to-hand. -hand. I think this. Uh, coming back to campus, especially we have learned a lot about active learning strategies, we can implement them. And then if they're effective, we can learn how can I translate this into an online environment? Like this project I had piloted in face-to-face -face classes before the COVID, and it was phenomenal. The, the result, I'm presenting actually a couple of, three of the students' project in the AMATIC conference in end of October. Awesome. And I was like, how can I translate that learning into a synchronous class, I was like, let me create a projects, unit projects, where I find uh, data, uh, real life data, <laughs> and they have to analyze their own data. And there's so much variability that it really uh, contribute to the topics you're discussing in the class. Yeah. So I think we're, I'm very happy next semester, we're kind of going 50-50 because I think they go hand to hand. What we learn, practicing different, um, different active learning strategies on ground, and how we can translate it into asynchronous or to Zoom classes. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Have a great day. Thank you, you too. All right, we are in Dara Perales's office, and she's got a lot of uh, uh, pictures on the wall behind her computer. I see two donkeys on a beach. Dara petting a cow. Is that a cow? That's a sheep. A sheep. That's a cow. That's a cow. Yes. I see Dara in some really dorky um, pajamas next to a Christmas tree here. Um, and then a Knight Rider lunchbox. Yes, I don't think dorky is the correct <laughs> adjective for you my- You called me a dork as I walked into this room. My legit Christmas pajamas. <laughs> I love your Christmas tradition. It is amazing. Yeah, we take pictures with Christmas trees everywhere we can. Yes, yeah. yes. And yes, my Knight Rider lunchbox, one of many stupid lunchboxes. Yeah. That are also awesome. Yeah. So, Daryl, we're going around asking folks uh, about their experiences teaching on campus, good experiences that make us feel really good about being here. Like, this is why we need to be here because of what's going on. So how, how have things been going for you teaching on campus? My students are happy largely to be on ground. They chose to take this class. I shared with them that I chose to come back to teach on ground. Totally. I was actually desperate to do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, it's going well. There's issues with what they thought they should be doing over the year and a half of the pandemic learning wise. Uh -huh. So it's, it's a little bit of a challenge with this almost, it's almost like they want this self-paced thing in an on ground classroom. Interesting. Where deadlines are freaking them out. Yeah. Um, but I have to remind them that, no, we're back yeah. on ground. You know, we're going to teach this and you're going to learn like an on-ground student, not squishing the online class back into an on-ground mode. Right. Just like I couldn't squish my on-ground class into the online mode to be effective. Right. So it's been going, it's been going perfectly fine. Everyone is where they should be week five of the semester. Awesome. Yeah. And you, you teach English classes. This is an English 201 class, so like a, a literature focus, but critical thinking. Um, deadlines are important in those classes for lots of reasons. They are, and I don't want them to get, I, you know, when a deadline can be moved for them, of course I do that. I'm not a monster. Totally. Um, and I'm not even certain I can say, you know, you're going to have deadlines at work, right? Because yeah. <laughs> the nature of work for people, and especially a specific generation, has changed. Yeah. So I can't say that any longer. Yeah. But what I can say is, you know, to practice their process, to do well when they transfer, to write for any class and do a good job. We're going to have these deadlines so they don't get behind and, you know, 
have even more stress on their shoulders. Exactly. I explained to them that I invented procrastination yeah. when I was a student at Miracosta College in yeah. the 80s. Uh-huh. Um, but most people aren't good at procrastinating, and so they need to stop it. But they're, I don't know if they took me seriously about the deadlines at first, mm-hmm. but it happened pretty pretty quickly that they get it, that they're there for them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one thing that I'm hearing a lot from students and from instructors as well as like the, the request for recordings. And so obviously being, you know, in person, face to face, synchronous and not having that camera there. Have you been, um, have any, have any of your students been asking you for kind of those asynchronous, asynchronous materials since they've been used to, like you said, used to this over the past year plus? Not even one. Mm. I don't think anyone signed up for this on-ground class in duress. Yeah. So they, I haven't had, you know, I've taken the best of what I've done online, cutting down on paper, um, just informed my teaching into making things clearer and more accessible. I've taken the best of those things to put in my on-ground teaching, but I haven't had anyone ask for that. That's cool. Okay. So what about the challenges or, or the things that you've been experiencing that kind of remind you of the reasons why we're not fully back yet. So can I, I want to answer this and then I want to end with the good thing that yeah. happens on ground. Sandwich. Okay. Cool, so yeah. I'll, yeah. Cause I thought about, it was much harder for me to come up with the, the thing that if somebody's worried about coming back, um, but if someone has a legitimate concern about coming back because, um, they have a legitimate health concern, they have a, a child under five at home, they have someone they care give for who's either a spouse or a, a relative. If they have a legitimate health concern, what's what's a little frightening still to me, and frightening's too strong of a word, um, are my, my exempted students. Yeah. And if I have exempted coworkers running around that I don't know about and I shouldn't know about, yeah. that to me is the concern because they they do still pose you know, a risk to my students mm-hmm. and to me. I mean, mm-hmm. I need to be healthy to do this job. So it took me a while to get there that even with all of the safeguards the district has in place, air filtration, the table of COVID, I've named it with all of the supplies. Um, there was actual hand soap on ours the other day. Some thought it was hand sanitizer. Oh, and that it looked was like it was from Bath and soap. Body. I know. I don't know what yeah. it was doing there. But so <laughs> that's the thing that if somebody has a legitimate concern that knowing we have people in the room who, for whatever reason, are exempted, and generally it goes tandem with the people whose masks drop beneath their nose. Like, yeah, right. yeah. mine has never once fallen off my nose. You can clamp that sucker yeah, down. Right. <laughs> That's the only thing that worries me is the, the exempt people in the room and perhaps, you know, that I'm going to interact with on campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know they get tested, but that just doesn't, it matters, but that's my concern is the yeah. exempted people. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then the good thing? The good thing. So that was very easy to come up with because yeah. the week you asked me to do this yeah. and to think about what's something that's happening that, you know, only happens on ground, not even two hours later this happened. So okay. I'm at the table in the room during our break eating lunch out of a stupid lunchbox. <laughs> and, awesome lunchbox. And I'm going to use the pronouns the students use. They identify as she's and then that's the later part is the he, him. Okay. Um, I'm eating my lunch and I just hear outside because most students go outside for the break now thank yep. goodness yeah and i just hear these female students who project as female just laughing yeah. like having mm. the best time yeah. outside during their break yeah and i was like yes that's it yeah and then after break we had a group activity where i said they could comfort group and i have these three male students who are kind of quiet and they usually work on their own they're not really putting it out there but when i said comfort groups this one student who sits in the back corner of the room, he made a beeline up front, and the three students, they became, they, they made this thing happen, and they're a bromance now. <laughs> and, I, and I told them out loud, I said, you know, one of the best things in, about being in a class is when these bromances form, because yeah. years from now, you could still be talking to each other. Totally. And so now, whenever it's comfort groups... You know, I can see, or when I put them in socially engineered groups, yeah. I see they're like, oh, I, I want it to work. So the <laughs> the camaraderie, you know, yeah. forget the aha moments, which of course you can't really see online too yeah, well, yeah. in my experience. Yeah. Um, 
that the students were laughing yeah. and so many of them don't have enough to laugh about right now. Yeah. So I was like, yes. That's awesome. Yeah. You gave me goosebumps when you said the laughing and how you were just so excited about that because that is something that I think everyone misses but may not may not think about that and yeah. think about how much they miss that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Dara. That's my pleasure. Woo. It's good to see you both. Yeah. All right, so Sean and I just bombard or just broke into uh, Jim Sullivan's office on campus. I'm I'm sitting next to some cups and a little gnome, and Sean is sitting next to it looks like books. pictures of books and a gorilla, gorilla mask, mask under a hat and like some kind of like witch doctor hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what about Halloween? There's all sorts uh, of things. Costume. To see in here. Oh, this is a Halloween costume. Yeah. Yeah. Does that only come out of Halloween? Or? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's part of my Halloween ensemble. I got it. So, Jim, we're going around bothering people, uh, uh, wanting to ask, yes, yes, um, we're asking, what's, what's an experience or just something, uh, uh, recently that is informing you, like, this is why we need to be back in campus, this is a good thing that we're back. Yeah, I, I think the, the, the biggest change for me, uh, has been being able to be in physical community with people. And I think that's what everybody's loving. The students love being there with each other. And we've been really surprised at how connected we feel, even though we're all wearing masks. It feels like the masks aren't the obstacle that we thought they were going to be to kind of, there's all these other cues and it's working. Although I am frustrated trying to talk with a mask on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the coolest thing was we actually one day energy was low and we got up and we had a field trip a spontaneous field trip over to the writing center yeah and i wore my gorilla mask <laughs> and the students had to follow me as we walked across to the writing center it was one of those delightful things where they were amused yes but also horrified yeah and they do this thing where they're following me but at like 50 yards <laughs> so that just in case anyone sees them, they can pass it off as we're not with that guy. The great. Right. Yeah. That's not the leader of right. the group. Uh, yeah. yeah. We're, as, we're as disturbed by that guy as you are. Right? Yeah. There's people watching. And as we get to the door, I think they start realizing, oh, he's going to turn around. And we all have to walk up to him. So there's this horrifying moment for them when we're in front of the library. And they trudge up to me with this dejected look on their face as I introduce them to what we're going to do and go in the writing center. And then when we went in, I don't know if you've been in the right the library, there's nobody there. Yeah. Or at least at nine o'clock in the morning there's nobody there. And they have this formidable table you have to pass by to get in mm. with this attendant in the middle who I assume is just making sure people are wearing masks or sanitizing or whatever. But I'm in a gorilla mask. <laughs> oh. So how do you ask the guy in the gorilla mask? If he's wearing a mask. mask. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got my mask on. What's your problem? Right. Did you have a mask over the girl? No, mask? no, I didn't. I, I did have one under, but she couldn't. So oh, she didn't right. right. <laughs> was it 90 degrees outside? That's what I want to know. Okay, wow. Yeah, I was because... sweating and <laughs> yes. with the mask inside. I sounded like that. Yeah. As I told the students, the, the pain of a visit to the rating center. <laughs> <laughs> but That's something you can't recreate on Zoom. No, yes, you can't absolutely. do it on Zoom. But it also, it's just sort of I could tell that like yeah. it was a it was a breakthrough moment for them. And a lot of them hadn't been to the library yet. This happened just last week, so we're talking week four that yeah. we did this, and they hadn't been into the library yet. Yeah, it's kind right. of a ghost town, and uh, you can easily be here. Just go to your class, get to the car, and leave. Yeah. So one observation I'm making five weeks in here is, you know, I'm doing this high flex pilot. So there's yeah. Zoom and in person and there's less and less people on Zoom, more and people, more people in person as we go yeah. forward. And I don't know if that's because I suck at that part of the high flex model <laughs> or if it's because they really want to be in community with one right. another. And, you know, I'll try to improve at both. But that's right. what I'm seeing and that's what I'm hearing. Right. And definitely observing that in the in, you know, the group work that they're doing in class and that they, they want this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and the, the, yeah. And the question is, uh, Why? Mm-hmm. You know, and what does that mean for how we teach and what it means to learn? Uh, I think that we're going to discover, I don't think discover, but we're going to realize that the deepest forms of learning are social. Yeah. Yeah. 
that we don't learn deeply in isolation. Yeah. That to really dig in, we need that dialogical piece that helps us move from where we are in interacting with another person's idea and voice to something new. Yeah. Right. That, that when we're just by ourselves, it's just us. Yeah. <laughs> and we, we need the interact, whether it's in a good Zoom environment or whether it's face to face, that there's that, that social element to changing the brain, right? Yeah, yeah, and I'll quickly describe, uh, Jim has a piece of art in his office that has a TV that on the screen it says, don't forget who raised you. <laughs> and I'm thinking about this with what we're currently doing in the online, um, you know, in, in online teaching and learning because, you know, the, the, this idea that this deeper learning comes from the social and maybe even the physical, Yeah. right? And yeah, you, you, we're used to watching TV, watching shows, watching movies, but we know we're disconnected from that. Right. We know there's distance, all sorts of distance from that, mm. right? And for us to not think about how that translates to what we're doing via Zoom, you know, we would be we would be remiss if we're if we're not thinking about those things. So, um, you know, with that though, what's something an experience that you've had, Jim, that it, it, it tells you like? Well, this is why we're not all the way back. This is why the the library is empty, right? right? And the and the campus isn't full, but we have, you know, classes here and there and they're spread out and I think there are students who are happier in Zoom. Yeah. In my experience, I'm teaching at English two oh one where we meet once a week in Zoom and then the second deadline is asynchronous. And the attendance has been through the roof. Mm. Uh, just as good as my on ground class both of which are way better than where we were last year. Yeah. Right? Uh, and, and so I think those students have chosen that space, and they're invested in that space, and that's the right space for them right now. Uh, you know? Um, some of them have said, I wish there was a face-to-face -face 201 I could be in. But most of them are, seem to be where they want to be right now, yeah. given what's going on in the world the uncertainty of it. Yeah, uh, I have still students getting COVID, you know, and, right? Uh, and there, I've had several students in the online classes get it, and I've still come to class. <laughs> I had a student in class the other day say, "Yeah, I got diagnosed with COVID two days ago," yeah. and they're in class because they've got vaccinated, but it's a mild case, yeah. and they can still continue school because they're in Zoom. Right. Yeah, and for that student, that's that's worked. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. That, I like that, that answer, and, and we've talked a little bit about that on the side. Um, going forward, I mean, this has given us all an experience in these different modalities, and I think we all are better informed about what we can choose for teaching and learning environments right. than we were before the pandemic. So a reason we're not all back on this campus right now is, could be a good, a good reason. Well, we're certainly going to learn from it. Yeah. yeah. And they're learning from it too, right? They're figuring out what works and what doesn't. Can I tell a quick story before you turn off? Yes. And you can decide whether you want to use it or not. Okay, go ahead. Uh, just yesterday, I'm teaching an English 201 group, and they literally go into revolt <laughs> mid-class. <laughs> uh, uh, and they, they have been um, frustrated that I'm not setting the class up so they can work ahead, that I, that I haven't put all the work up. And I've been doing it. I said, I want it to be like a regular class. You're going to come in and release the work at the end of class. And then there's a Friday deadline, and the new work is available Friday. And then you do, I want that thing. They were not having it. And they went after me. And it was fucking great. Yeah, nice. <laughs> they were, I mean, there was a part of me that was like, I'm losing control. And it was led by, by honor students, and these two honor students who led the revolt. Yeah. And, so, and it's so ironic because they're the ones who have taken on extra work and they're sort of complaining about the work and the distribution. Yeah. And so it's this great conversation, but they went after me. And so of course, okay, I'll post it one week at a time. You know, they triumphed. But I, I loved it because... Um, it was uh, the students jumped on me together so much more in Zoom huh. and took asserted their agency so much more in Zoom mm. than I think they would have in a physical classroom. 
Interesting. I think my presence in a physical classroom asserts more control and authority. Yeah. yeah. And, and they started, so at one point I said, okay, so that, that's two or three of you who feel this are better. And I see a lot of nodding heads, and then the <laughs> chat blows up. <laughs> me too, me too, me too, me too. And by the time it's over, yeah. you know, I'm la not laughing, but I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to make this change. You guys have persuaded me. Yeah. And I, the reason I was sort of persuaded from the get-go was, they're having this great class. They're clearly doing the work. Right. This is it's 21 people who are there, 21 right. out of 24 who are there. They've done the work. They care. Mm -hmm. They're in this dynamic thing together, and they want to do the work, but it's not this model. They're feeling it's not working for them, you know, yeah. whether they're right or not, whether sure, this sure. was a way of dealing with another anxiety yeah. or not. You know, of course, I'm going to respond, and I'm changing it. And I'm going to release the one week at a time. Yeah. Uh, uh, and but that was it. I said I'm not going more than that because then we're asynchronous, and that's not how I want to teach. And they were like, Yeah, that's not what we want. Compromise. So, yeah. yeah. So it was kind of, It was just this amazing environment yes. in Zoom. They talked much more than I did. <laughs> I was sort of like, okay, yeah. I can't wait to watch the recording. I have it recorded. I think it's a flex workshop waiting to happen. At the end of the semester, we're going to ask them, Pay attention to your face yeah. while it's happening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I love that that's negotiated together. Yeah. yeah. And that, that was what Zoom afforded you. And this insight about... I think about it too. I'm tall. I'm bearded. I'm white. I'm in the space. Mm -hmm, I, that, mm -hmm. I got yeah. all my privilege in that classroom. That's right. Yeah, but you're, yeah. you're a tiny head in Zoom. I've had enough conversations with both of you to know that your teaching philosophy is in line with that's something that you actually desire. Oh, yeah. Right? Right. And, and it's like, but it's one of those things you desire it, and then when it happens, it's like, be careful what you wish for right. in the moment. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah. after, you're like, well, thank goodness. It's fine. Yeah, it yeah. actually yeah. happened. Right. Yeah. And, and so. Oh, that's, yeah. I mean, it was, it was like being on. Um, the scariest ride at Disney. <laughs> <laughs> like, and at the end, like usually everyone's just gone. You know, I'll yeah. say, hey, I'll stick around for questions, but they're busy. They're you're gone, you know? Yeah. And if I've done it right, they're gone. They're free to go. They feel they can leave, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah, but clear. this time there were like six of them, and they clearly were worried about me. <laughs> like they weren't there to ask questions. I mean, yeah. three of them didn't have their oh, I just want to hang out, you know. Yeah. And, then, you know and, and, and two of them were like, you know, we're really enjoying the class. Yeah, Everybody's cool. really this enjoying the class. Yeah. Yeah, you're okay, right? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. We just hijacked your class, but you're okay. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it was yeah. A, but I just really, it made me think of you guys today. Uh, right afterwards, I was immediately thinking, that would not have happened. Yeah. For me, at least, as the privileged white male older instructor in a, a regular classroom space. Yeah. Man, who let it out? Although we had been having discussions, these issues. I remember a couple of weeks ago, I said, "Look, you guys, really, this class will go better if you break it into an hour a day, not try to cram it into eight hours the day before." And someone said, "You know, we have a life." I said, "Wait, who said that?" Because I couldn't tell. Yeah. And no one would answer. Yeah, yeah. Well, whoever it is, you're a hero. Yeah. Let's talk about. It. I want you to have a life. Yeah, this yeah. is the way you're going to have a better life. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. But that triggered this kind of two-week-long yeah. discussion about how are we doing this together. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Where I've changed and they're changing. I mean, yeah. Yep. But I, I really like that you point out the privilege and, and that you um, are aware of that because when you say hijacking the class, this is a lot different than when, you know, um, a, a, another instructor or maybe uh, somebody of a minoritized population right. is their class is being hijacked. Yes. They are Absolutely. being attacked by the students, Absolutely. you know, but there, there's a rallying, or, you know, and, and this and now that that instructor is feeling threatened yeah. by the situation as opposed to a collaborative process that gets a little heated right. but in the end you know while you're kind of distressed a bit in the moment it's like there's safety for you generally oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's tough well uh, just two weeks before we were discussing Kennedy's ideas about racist policies and racist ideas and it was awful in Zoom mm. huh. and had I been in a classroom space I would have been able to bridge it much more effectively yeah. than I was at. We recovered. Yeah. In the second hour, I got us to a better place, but they shut down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were just, yeah. we don't want to be here. Right. Yeah. We don't want to talk about this. And in Zoom, it's really easy. We're just not going to talk. But typically, this discussion goes great with two-on-one students because we're reading Morrison. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, Kennedy's ideas are, like, a philosophical explanation of what Morrison was trying to do fictionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, usually the students get really excited and say, oh, that's what Morrison's saying. Yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. she's unpacking the racist idea here or the racist policy. Like, Kennedy's language helps them read Morrison. Yeah. And, and they don't even get into the argument about it. Yeah. You know? right. But you could say that you could feel this group was so worried yeah. that it was going to turn into the I'm a racist, you're a racist. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And, I, and, and so I just think Zoom is a harder place. So I would imagine for a faculty, a, a woman of color or, you know, that if you feel attacked, it's got to feel so much worse in Zoom than face to face. The one thing I feel that the Zoom is superior to face-to-face for me so far is interacting with texts. Yeah. It is, Zoom is wonderful for that, right? You call a text up on the screen, especially if it's a Google Doc, we're all in there typing, we're right there, there's this immediacy Mm -hmm. that is hard to replicate, even in a room like our magic rooms in the 3500 building where we have the stations and the monitors. Yep. It's not the same. Right. It's more effective in Zoom for yep. a group of students to be working on a document together than it is in the 3500 building. Right. And there might be safety in that they are at home mm-hmm. or in their own space right. contributing as opposed to in the shared space contributing where there is more pressure to conform to a certain norm, right? right. Well, and that, that gets at the interesting question of asynchronous versus synchronous discussions. Yeah. In terms of whether face-to-face or in Zoom, synchronicity is, is part of what you're doing in a small group discussion. Right. There are clearly students for whom asynchronous discussions are a more comfortable space for them. Yeah. They're posting amazing stuff there. They're hardly saying anything. It's in the akin Zoom to social discussion. media, right? And the way that that's an asynchronous format and they're used to that kind of response. Yeah. Or they're more safe. They feel safer in that space because they don't have to deal with immediate reaction. They can get their ideas out. And they can really think through it, right? So for introverted students especially, I think that it's like I could sit here with my thoughts formulate my response and do it that way instead of like we only have 75 minutes i got to say something or i'm not participating kind of thing yeah and i think this gets at how i don't think there is an answer yeah right i think what we're going to come out is with a multiplicity of better ways yeah Mm. yeah and the real challenge is going to be how well can we be and what tools can we develop to help students choose the right mode for them Students and faculty engage topics. Dangerous topics need a safe space. The Safe Topics podcast is produced and engineered by Kelly Barnett. James Garcia handles our social media, promotion, and research. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and subscribe. Thanks for listening. <laughs> you just you just hanging on is that you just Why? Need to... <laughs> maybe something good will come out I don't it's know. just like yeah okay all right <laughs> <laughs> maybe you'll just say the most brilliant thing right now one of maybe. you maybe and i don't want to lose that all right